Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Saturday, Ironman 70.3 Popo uh, will make its long away to return to the race calendar after a four-year hiatus with uh, more than 1,300, yes, 1,300 registered athletes set to take part. Uh, Saturday's event will feature a 1.9-kilometre swim in the beautiful lake, a two-lap uh, 90k bike ride past rolling farmland and a three-lap 21.1k run along the lake front. The event will kick off a significant year of racing in New Zealand with Ironman 70.3 Topo back this weekend for the first time uh, for a while. Uh, the Ansco Foods Ironman New Zealand celebrating 40 years in March and the highly anticipated 2024 VinFast Ironman 70.3 World Championship making its way to our shores for the first time as Topol hosts the prestigious event next December. Brian Ashby, renowned commentator, lives and breathes this stuff, uh, being a fierce enduro competitor himself and host of the old school tri show. Morning, Brian. Thanks very much for your time. Lovely to talk to you. Yeah, cheers, Smithy. Yeah, it, it, it's fantastic your uh, introduction there. What a 12 months we uh, we have ahead of us. I'm, I'm pretty amped and conditions are looking looking great for Saturday. That's great, and a, a massive field of uh, 1,300, um, and the professional side of it, I just had a look at the field there, that is uh, a world-class field you've managed to assemble. Well, look, they have, um, and, and, and I think that the big thing you know, for a lot of people, um, obviously, as you've mentioned, the world champs on the 14th and 15th of December next year, it is a qualifier for the race in Taupo, so a lot of people uh, are going there this weekend with the aim of, of securing a spot to race at the Worlds. Uh, I think there are 90 spots up for grabs over the various age groups this weekend, so um, you know it's going to be fast and furious when you've got the likes of... Um, Jack Moody, Mike Phillips, who's the defending uh, full-distance Ironman New Zealand champion, Simon Cochran. Um, what a remarkable athlete this guy is with his, his, his ultra-endurance feats um, mm. in recent times. And, and Braden Curry, um, two-time Ironman New Zealand champion. Kyle Smith um, won this event four years ago when it was last run. And Braden Curry, um, who's done absolutely everything imaginable uh, in this sport and in multi-sport, kayak, bike, run, um, and the coast-to-coast, and a, and a two-time Ironman New Zealand's champion and third in the world champs. And, and, and then, you know, the, look, the women's field, um, heavens above, you're never quite sure what the Australians are going to bring. They, they bring some very good um, half Ironman, 70.3 competitors with them, not necessarily names that we know, but they, they just come out and smack it out. Um, the likes of Hannah Berry, Rebecca Clark, the, the two Kiwis, they're the ones... To, uh, to absolutely watch. Um, Hannah Berry, of course, um, the, the champion in this 
back in, in 2019 in, in Taupo. So very, very good fields. Tell us uh, a, a wee bit about the, the conditions. Obviously, um, that'll depend uh, very much on, on the day as such. But what about the, uh, the terrain for the bike rider? Yeah, it, it, it tends to be very sort of rolling um, country that you, you, you're dealing with on, on the bike. And so it is one of those sort of unusual ones where you do struggle to get a bit of a rhythm um, as such. It's, it's false flat um, all the way and you're sort of up and down, a bit of climbing and you find a bit of flat and suddenly you, you feel good and then you've got a wee climb and a descend and so on. So it is, it is difficult to, to, to find a rhythm uh, in that one of the one of the issues in Topo is is the prevailing wind tends to be a southerly uh, off off the lake, um, but the early start in this mm. is such that it probably won't impact as much as say it would in the the full distance race when when those winds sort of really start to to kick up in in the afternoon. So um, to that end, hopefully it you know it won't be too much of a drama, and I don't, I don't think the forecast is uh, uh, particularly dramatic on the on the wind front either. So, Brian, can you break it down in terms of the three disciplines? What kind of times are we looking at here? Obviously, again, uh, wind dependent uh, on the lake, etc., the bike ride in particular, but what kind of time frames are we looking at for the three disciplines for the top runners and the top competitors? Yeah, well, if we go back to to 2019 um, and we look at um, our men's and women's winners, Kyle Smith and and Hannah Berry, um, it it defies belief, really, when you, you look at what you you're dealing with here. Kyle Smith, um, so for the 1.9 kilometre swim, he smacked it out in, in just over 23 minutes, which, you know, it's, it's, um, that's, that's really impressive. 90 k's on the bike, he did that in two hours, seven minutes and 34 seconds. So, you know, you, 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 you're 40 plus kilometres per hour, he's, he's averaging there um, on the bike over the, those 90 k's. Um, and then sort of you know, getting into the mid-40s there. And then for the half marathon, he, he, he chewed out the, the 21 kilometres in, in one hour, 13 minutes. So his overall time there, um, 1.9 k's in the water, 90 k's on the bike, and then a half marathon, 21 k's. He smacked it out in three hours and 49 minutes. Uh, that, you know, that, that's super, super impressive, super impressive. In fact, 2017, Mike Phillips did it in three hours, 36 minutes. So they must have very good conditions uh, on, on that day. And the women, um, Hannah Berry, her winning time in 2019, 26.57 for the swim, two hours, 24 on the bike and a one hour, 24 um, minute half marathon there, 21Ks, her winning time, four hours, 21. So, you know, these are super, super impressive times. And, you know, when you, when you consider that, you know, others out on the course, uh, I think the cutoffs are in about eight hours. It, in fact, it is. It's an eight-hour cutoff, and they they, they close the course. So, you know, some people are going to go close to you know around about that time. And these these leaders uh, and the men, you know, sub four hours, and the women just over four hours. So, you know, very very impressive stuff from these these top competitors. One name that you mentioned there, very familiar to all of us, of course, is uh, Braden Curry. But uh, just reading a little bit about Braden, his preparation has been minimal. In fact, his decision to take part this time around is born out of the desire, more so, to be around in 12 months' time in the Worlds. Yeah, well, the thing with Braden is he's had a you know, he's had a long campaign this year, and he he did the Queenstown Half Marathon uh, a few weeks ago, and he won that. Um, but he only entered it because well, he, he didn't enter it. His wife entered it a minute and said, you know, get out there and run. Um, 
full, and and, and he didn't. He won it, um, but he it, it, it's his off season um, at the moment. You know, so he's, he's, he really shouldn't be doing anything. Just starting his, his base training, building up for um, you know, the big stuff, Ironman New Zealand in, in March, and he's you know he's had an enormous year. Um, obviously, the World Champs Ironman distance in, in Nice and. Uh, he, he he got a you know he had a bit of a tough old time um, over over there, um, but but you know Ironman New Zealand, um, all all the other races that he's done, he loves racing. He's a real sort of iron pugilist, and he loves to get out there and scrap it. But um, every everyone has to have a bit of downtime. You can't keep sort of redlining it forever. And at the moment, um, in theory, this is his downtime. But he might come in fresh. You know that that, that could be an advantage for him. We certainly see. Some some great scraps uh, in recent years between him uh, and and Mike Phillips from from Christchurch over the the, the longer distances. Um, that that have been some great battles, both of them with two titles, of course, in in uh, in, in, in Ironman New Zealand. The, the the one name that I'm really excited about, Smithy, is is Javier Gomez, and um, mm. this this guy, you know, he's he's been around for a long, long time. Um, he was unbeatable for a, a long period. If you go back to the um, 2008 Olympics in Beijing, he was the white-hot favourite to win the gold medal. Um, he didn't win the gold medal uh, on, on that occasion. He was shut out in the fourth place. Um, they almost sort of teamed up, ganged up on him, uh, changed his strategies. Bevan Doherty, of course, the Kiwi winning the bronze medal. Um, Simon uh, Whitfield, the, the Sydney 2000 Olympic gold medalist got the silver and the winner that day was the great Jan Frodeno but after that period um, Javier Gomez multiple world titles he, he backed up with a silver medal uh, at the London Olympics and uh, and he's won multiple 70.3 world championships he's, he's dipped his toes a wee bit with Ironman recent years he's, he's had a few injury issues and so we haven't really seen him uh, out on the circuit and so on, but uh, late 30s, and he still thinks he's got something to offer, and he wouldn't have made the trip down here were he not sort of uh, backing himself to, to do some damage out there. So he's won a, and he's familiar with New Zealand conditions as well. I think he won the, the uh, Olympic Distance World Tri-Series finale in, in Auckland, oh, probably going back about 10 years now. So he's, he's spent a bit of time out here. He's, he's made multiple trips out here, and, and, he, and he goes well. So uh, it'll just be interesting to see if, if he's still got the pace that we, we've seen from yesteryear. Interesting. Uh, he uh, just uh, won a triathlon, uh, sorry, an Ironman in uh, South Africa, um, and uh, that has earned him already a, a slot in the World Championship next December uh, back here in New Zealand. Uh, but for those professional and, and the men and the women, how many slots are available? I mean, just how competitive is this going to be for those places? Yeah, I'm not sure of the breakdown uh, overall for each um, age group and division, but there are 90 spots um, all up for grabs. Um, there are 75 overall for the age groupers, and there's 15 for women and try, um, which is a, sort of another section altogether. So for overall for the pros, I'm not sure how many they're, they're, they're dishing out there. Um, possibly, possibly as many as five, I think. Usually there's sort of... Um, at Ironman New Zealand for the world champs, there's, there's three. I think there, there might be sort of a bit of a hometown scenario um, kicks in here for, for this one for the pro field. So, yeah, the, the key thing is um, just go out there and, and, and lay it all on the, on the line and, and, and smack it out and um, secure your spot. And, you know, clearly, you know, everyone in triathlon 
um, whether it's Olympic distance, sprint distance, 70.3 or Ironman. Everyone wants to go to a world championship at some point in their career. Um, it's, it's really expensive. It's not cheap, you know, and it, it, it's, it's difficult to, um, uh, you know, commit to these events when, you know, for example, the 70.3 world champs this year were in Finland. I, I know a few Kiwis that went up there, but, you know, you look at the travel, um, the expense of, of entering it, and you're probably looking at the sharp end of about, you know, a 15K campaign. Well, not everyone can afford that. So when the world champs are at home or, or close to home in Australia, um, you know, clearly people sort of want to get out there and, 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 and grab that opportunity, and, and, and hence we're seeing, um, you know, good numbers for Saturday in Topol. We always see good numbers, to be fair, but uh, it probably boosted a wee bit with that, the, some of the, um, you know, top end, a few more perhaps coming out to play. The likes of, you know, for example, you mentioned Braden Curry. You know, this is off-season. Um, you might have bypassed this one in, in, in days gone by um, to, to build up, but with this opportunity, um, it, it's too good to pass up. Tell us a wee bit about, more about this uh, Simon Cochran because his achievements uh, have been, uh, I mean, quite amazing in terms of, well, for instance, uh, in Hawaii, just smashing that world record by incredibly 40 minutes. I mean, it, it's almost, you look at that and you think that's a misprint. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing about Simon Cochran, he's, he's been around a, a long time. He's been, um, oh, he's, he's, he's sort of appeared... In, in Ironman New Zealand in the top 10 for, I guess, the best part of um, a decade. Uh, and then suddenly, you know, he's, he's, he's doing a lot of work coaching other athletes and so on as well. But then, yep, he went to the Ultraman um, in, in Hawaii and uh, his, his, his time over there was remarkably 38 years of age now. And, uh, you know, the Ultraman, the distance there all up, I think, was about 515 k's. That he that he had to chew out and 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 his yeah his time there smashed the world record um, and and you know, nineteen hours forty eight minutes forty seven seconds so you know ten it was it was over sort of several days day one was a ten k swim and a hundred and forty k bike imagine a ten k swim you know I, I can't quite conceive of that um, the the Sunday two hundred eighty one k's on the bike. And then on the Monday, um, yeah, jogs home with an 84-kilometre run. Yeah, 84 kilometres, for heaven's sake, all that over um, the three days. So this is a guy who, um, you know, no issue with endurance in his legs. And, and, and heaven's above a, a half Ironman, a 70.3. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's just a training day for him, really, isn't it, when you look at what he has been doing? Mm, interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, now, of course... Um Brian, we're heading into an Olympic year where uh, triathlon is uh, going to be of uh, great interest to us. Uh, how are we looking in our, our men's and women's uh, triathlon competitors uh, for for the Olympics? Yeah, well, there's, there's one name that you, you put a ring around um, for for the Olympic Games, and, and and only one really in terms of medal prospects. And um, yeah, everyone knows that name. It's Hayden Wild, and um, this is a young guy who. Uh, now in his mid-twenties, and over various distances, um, he's got it all going on. Uh, he, um, gosh, I, I, I first saw him as a 17-year-old, uh, and he rocked up to the coast-to-coast, and he, lo- oh, look, he, he looked about 12 years old. Uh, for those I'm sure most people know, but coast-to-coast um, uh, kayak bike run, 
across the South Island, uh, raced in, in February every year. He, he lined up in the two-day race, and at the end of day one, um, they finished with the, the mountain run, finished at Klondike Corner near Arthur's Pass, and this, this kid rocks in, and, and the finish line, I, so, you know, I'm sort of interviewing him, chatting with him, I said, so, look, crystal ball gazing, obviously you've got to get through tomorrow, um, uh, but you're looking really good. He had a massive lead. I said, you know, you know longer term, you're looking at the one-day race next year, or, or, you know, what are your plans? And he went, oh, no, no, I, I want to go to the Paris Olympics in triathlon. And that sort of really caught my ear, being the, the triathlon nerd that I am. And I was thinking, heavens above, you look about 12 years old. I, you, you know, I, wow, okay. Um, of course, the Olympics were delayed a year. That worked to his advantage. Not only did he get to the Olympics, but he won a bronze medal. And now, um, oh, wow, um, we're seeing him having some great scraps with the likes of Alex Yee um, at, at Olympic distance and Super League triathlon and sprint distance. He's a real scrapper, this guy. And you know, he, will he win gold? I don't know. He's, he's certainly a prospect. Um, he's, he's definitely put a ring around his name for a medal. Um, a very, very special athlete. Uh, he did have the longer-term aspiration, I know, of... Of, of racing full-distance Ironman. Whether that is still a thing for him, we're seeing um, the Norwegians, for example, Leiden and and, and, um, and the like, um, racing all distances from sprint right through to Ironman um, these days. So we might see him sort of going up and down. You didn't see that, um, you know, for a long, long time. In the early days of the sport to make a living, everyone raced everything from Ironman to sprint distance. Um, then people became more specialised. Now we're sort of starting to see people sort of moving up and, and down a wee bit again. Um, the reason you didn't see it is because once you go up to the long distance, you tend to lose your, your leg speed over the shorter distances, but they seem to be finding their way around that issue now. Brian, always uh, terrific to, to hear your background on, on this particular sport. I know you've got a, a great passion for it. Uh, incidentally, um, just got uh, a question in as well. Richie McCaw, he came off his bike the other day. Any updates on that? Is uh, McCaw on the start line this weekend? <coughs> no, he's not. Um, I was actually on that bike tour, uh, the Flying Passes tour, uh, riding that. Um, fair to say Richie was further up the road um, his, one of his teammates was Nathan Cohen the, the two time Olympic gold medal winning rower he's a beast on the bike in fact he won the A grade sprint jersey Nathan um, but Richie look he's, he's a really hard hombre you know and he, he's, he's, he's been very very good in, in coast to coast uh, kayak bike run adventure racing um, a lot of that but, but swim bike run isn't something that he has dipped his toes in yet Knowing Richie probably will uh, at at some point. Uh, look, great character. Um, you know, there were 130 on this this um, this, this bike race, this four day race um, that we were involved in. It, it goes from sort of Christchurch up to Hanmer, 165k on day one. The next day is Greymouth to um, uh, Hanmer to Greymouth. It's it's about 215k's over the. Lewis Pass and the Rahu Saddle. Then it's to Greymouth Arthur's Pass, and and and, and that's a, it's only 100k, but it's an awful. Uh, the the last part, um, the climbing is outrageous. And then it's Arthur's Pass to Christchurch and McCaw. Um, yep, he, he got smacked around uh, a wee bit there with, with with crash and so on, but he, he found his way through. And I understand there's a, there's a small adventure race um, on this weekend over on the west coast, and I've got a feeling that he's actually fronting up for that one. So. Um, yep, he's he's a he's a great athlete, and he's he's reinvented himself. And um, 
Uh, the, the other thing I would say about Richie um, Smithy on that tour was um, no ears and graces about him. He was just another competitor out there, and you know, obviously people wanted selfies, and and and, and he you know he was very accommodating. And you roll into these these various places at the end of stages, and people go, "Is that Richie McCaw on the bike?" And the kids would all sort of come out, and he'd you know um, he'd, he'd, he'd graciously sort of front for the selfies and and, and chats with everybody. Uh, and then he was just like every other rider, you know. He, he was sort of in there, um, just just being like everyone else. He's he's a he's a great bloke and uh, and and a very very good athlete. Um, aside from his, his rugby, very good bike rider, very good adventure racer. So um, it, it's great to see um, the example he set, I guess, in his, his, his post career, sort of going out and, and and doing this sort of stuff. Brian, fantastic. Uh, thanks for the update. Thanks for the preview of what we can look forward to um, in uh, Topo this weekend. Uh, enjoy your time there. I'm sure uh, it'll be fascinating, and uh, let's uh, hope that the Kiwis are to the fore and they get those qualifying spots. Thanks for your time, Brian. I really appreciate it. Yep, and yeah, look, great to uh, catch up again. Take care.